0: Welcome to the Becoming Eva podcast, where we discuss real life issues from a woman's perspective.
1: Becoming Eva seeks to break the silence within the female community while fostering authenticity, transparency, and healing. We're your hosts, LaToya Moore and Maya Dawson. Let's get started.
0: We are here. Yes. Season two, episode one. Full effect. Full effect. So, how's your summer been
1: it's been a summer girl it is it is it has been a summer like no other like really i can honestly say i have not experienced anything like this before but i can also say that i have sensed the amazing grace of god like over and above and beyond anything i could like ask or think or imagine like it's like i have just felt him kind of like carrying me over these past couple months like I got you girl I got you so it's been a good summer it's definitely been a different summer but it has been it's been a good summer yeah how about you
0: well my summer was super slow in comparison to how our summers are normally yeah Um, it was a lot of um You know, let's catch up on some academics. Um, Let's read. Let's go outside. And I I built a garden. Oh, right. The garden. So that was kind of interesting. I finished my second book. And um, the book club was awesome this summer. The Becoming Eva Book Club, She's Still There by Crystal Evans Hurst so shout out oh yeah a lot of like spending time with my kids which is great um mm-hmm. it was just kind of like normally we can go to like different you know museums and activities and you know it was just very laid back let's do some arts and crafts and a lot of zoom parties yes <laughs> yes zoom has definitely been our friend
1: if you have not if you don't know that I I'm, don't I'm know where you've been but I'm sure Zoom is like everybody's friend these days.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Wow. Good stuff, though. I mean, I would say more than anything, I have really felt this year, um, you know, in addition to the summer has really been a time of personal development for me, Um, physically, career-wise, business-wise, like just... Pursuing the different things that God has put in my heart to do. You know, you inspired me. I started writing my first book this summer, um, and I'm almost done with my first pass. So that's been really good just to be faithful and seeing stuff come to fruition. I'm like, wow, God, you know, and of course, He would choose this time to do it. I'm like, okay, well you still blessing so let me just keep it moving keep it moving you know been gardening as well um it's great now because i started gardening um as a part of my birthday celebration back in april and now i'm seeing the fruit of my labor i'm like yay i see peppers and tomatoes and basil and yeah it's been fun and it's, it's amazing because like literally like homegrown organic food just tastes completely different like you can taste different. it does so girl i don't know maybe we're getting ready because ain't no telling what's, what's coming in this world in, this, in <laughs> this next couple months so but let's get into it let's get into it we got a lot to catch up on we got a lot to talk about it's been a busy summer um for our country for the world for our state um for our city, for our people. Like, it's just been busy. So let's dive in. This episode is called Police, Politics, and Pandemic because literally it's all three of those things have been at a crossroad um, this summer and it's kind of made the perfect storm, if you will, for a lot of different things. So let's talk first and foremost about the police aspect. Um, And we'll also, you know, coin it as social justice, social injustice. So a lot has happened this summer regarding um, police brutality and social injustice. So I'll ask you first, like, How, what was your response when things started popping off, you know, um, around the spring, early summer, you know, and how are you feeling about, you know, how our country, how our culture is handling it?
0: Well, being a black woman, married to a black man, Mm -hmm. um, my dad, my both my dads, uh, my brothers, I, I was thinking so much about them. Um, and just like my children and it's just weighed very heavily on me this summer, um, witnessing and watching these things play out. Yeah. Um, even with the Breonna Taylor situation, it's, it's like, it doesn't matter if you, if you're a male or a female, you know, yeah. um, to be black in America, um, it's, it's a scary. It's a scary thing. And, you know, we have to have real conversations with our family members and friends um, and it, it's been really tough um, for us mm-hmm. and some of my family members have been able to go out and protest mm-hmm. um, yeah of course with everything going on uh, with COVID and mm-hmm. um, you know me expecting again I'm, uh-huh! I was waiting I was like are you gonna share the news hey I, I did not you know want to you know go outside and really get exposed to, you know, other people and stuff like that. But it has been weighing heavily on my spirit yeah. um, this whole time. And and it's not even just about, you know, the black people. Yeah. Um, I think it's just police in general. Um, yeah. And it's not every police, mm-hmm. but I even remember at my old school at South Pauline High School, um, one of my students and I'll never forget her, Kylie, um, she and her friend, Isabella were killed in a car accident by a Georgia state parole. Oh my. And yeah. And so both young, beautiful white, white, um, teenagers. And, um, there were two white males in the car as well. They survived. They had a lot of injuries, but the mm. girls did not survive. Mm. And, you know, with going through the the justice system, of course he lost his job, but it was a mistrial. so there was still no accountability from the police officer because he was driving ninety one miles per hour and he hit their car. He didn't have his Cyrus on. he wasn't chasing anybody. Um, and you know nothing was no justice was served. Mm-hmm. and so after the mistrial, I think six months later, he ended up running for like mayor or something. And I was just like, wow, it's just like no accountability Mm -hmm. Um, when stuff like that happens, even you know, culturally, like white, black, some I just think there needs to be police reform in general.
1: Okay. And that actually was kind of leading to where I was gonna go next with like thoughts on defunding the police. Um, and, and I mean, there's been a lot of dialogue on that and some people you know have gone as far as to say we don't need police. I don't believe that. I do believe we need law and order. In this country, you know, God is a God of order, you know, and just like you were saying, not every police is a corrupt police officer, you know. Um, but I do believe we need to be intentional about how we're funding and compensating police officers. And I will say this: I believe police officers need to be compensated well, just like I believe teachers need to be compensated well, because you know, both of y'all, and I'm throwing the teachers in the tree, y'all dealing with some crazy stuff like. When I say crazy stuff, like you have to navigate through so much, you know, educationally and socially and mentally and emotionally, there are all kinds of things that people are dealing with that may cause them to um, behave a certain way. And you have to peel through and get through all of those layers before you can establish order as a police officer or even, you know, educate as a teacher. And so I believe that those two groups in particular are not compensated nearly as much as they should be or could be. But I will also say this, I believe that our police need to be trained to be sensitive to those very issues and to not always respond with a gun, you know, and and honestly, if I'm honest, like you, you've seen situations where they have responded in a, um, they have responded without taking someone's life. Usually it involves people that don't look like us. So that's what makes me upset because I feel like just the color of someone's skin has become a threat or is a threat. It just has been over, you know, centuries been a threat to people that don't look like us. And that's what's so disheartening. That's what's so frustrating, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: honest, when all this stuff first started going down, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't taken aback. I was numb and I hate to say that, but I was because I've experienced it for so long, you know, um, you know, not only with people I, I don't know when people that are in the news, but with family members. And so it's like, I'm used to it. And so I did not expect there to be any type of change. I did not expect there to be any type of rise up aside from the normal protests that we may experience for like a couple of weeks or a month after, you know, I do believe COVID definitely kind of um, really highlighted the social injustice that has been ingrained in this country for so long. And so I do believe that was part of God's sovereignty as far as having us all be able to focus on it and to actively take steps for it towards it. But when people did start taking steps towards it that didn't look like me, I was still kind of unfazed because I was like, that's great and all, but how long is it going to last? How long are you going to, how long is this going to matter to you? Because this isn't just a trend for me. This isn't just right. something that is, you know, in style or convenient to talk about or a current event. This is what, you know, our lives are steeped in and have been steeped in, you know, for centuries, for generations. And so, For me, it really took a long time to realize, Okay, something different may be happening here, which I do believe something different is happening here. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, time can only really tell and answer that question for us fully because people have to be consistent about this. You know, I'm thinking about companies that are taking strategic initiatives in this area, which is great but I need you to be consistent in this area and I need you to put your money where your mouth is, which means I need you to invest in educating and hiring people that don't look white. You know what I mean? Like I need you to invest in that and to continue to invest in that, Not to meet a quota, not to look a certain kind of way or to prove that you're on par with what people are talking about, but I need you to genuinely care about this. I need a hard work to happen. And that's been my prayer, you know, um, just across the board, you know, and I mean, I can even go to the other end of the spectrum, you know, with our with our African American brothers and sisters, where it's like, I, I, I met mean, my husband and I were talking about this, how it's like, the real test will come when it's like, when we are in places and positions more, I should say, places and positions of authority, how do we treat people that don't look like us? Because we can't go ahead and and flip the tables and then start talking crazy to other people or treating other people crazy either for payback. Like, that's not not God, that's not Jesus. So really, um, you know, I'm asking God to like check all of our hearts, all of our motives, all of our intentions, and just bring us back to him to like use this at a, Um, as an opportunity to draw
0: us closer to
1: him so it's it's interesting we're definitely in some interesting times like definitely
0: yes and I don't agree either with the defunding of the police Um, Mm. because when you get into a car accident you flipped upside down who are you gonna call who are you gonna call when somebody is breaking into your house (laughs) 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 who are you gonna call like no we, we can't (laughs) <laughs> deep in the police like seriously like yeah. we need them we need the law and order we do we do
1: but we we need them in tune with you know with the community though so yes. like you know the communities that they're policing those kids need to know them you know what i'm saying and they need to know those kids so that they can really understand when something is a threat and when something is not
0: Bye-bye. right Bye-bye. and that- definitely need more training um with how to handle like people with the mental illnesses and you know just like even with rashard brooks how he was drunk and fell asleep at the wendy's
1: yeah
0: Uh, obviously he wasn't in his right state of mind it should have never ended with him being shot and killed yeah for falling asleep at a wendy's you know yeah (laughs) that's unacceptable yeah Uh, to me. Um, And very disheartening.
1: Very. We got to figure it out. We have to figure it out. So what do you think, though, the path forward for this whole era that we're in regarding social injustice? I mean, we got everybody involved. Everybody's talking about it. What do you think the path forward should be? What does it look like?
0: Um, and I've been thinking about that, like, how, how do we effectively make change? Because I know people Mm -hmm. are out there protesting and, Mm -hmm. you know, that can only, you know, do so much. Mm -hmm. Um, we have to definitely, um, be advocates and go out there and vote. Absolutely. United. Um, and we cannot be divided by our race, Mm -hmm. by our politics, um, your political affiliations, all of that stuff. We ha- And then we have to stand up for when we do see in- injustices, you have to stand up. You can't just be a bystander, you Absolutely. know, on the sidelines with your camera phones. And, you know, you have to stand up and do something if you're witnessing it. Um, as a community, I mean, I don't, it's, it's just awfully sad that um, some of these things are still happening in today's age.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're definitely right, though, as far as voting. And I'll I'll be the first to say I have never been really into politics. I mean, I've always voted, but it's always been, I kind of equated to like eating your vegetables, like, okay, let me go and educate myself about who's running for office so that, you know, I can prepare to vote. But like really being um, knowledgeable about who are in positions of authority you know not just on a national level but especially on a local level honestly because that's where we're immediately impacted where we're directly impacted so really taking the time to be um engaged and and knowledgeable in that area definitely voting definitely taking the census because that's how laws and things of that nature are determined you know and then i will also say too keeping the conversation going because i know for a lot of people and not just people that aren't of color but For a lot of people, these conversations are uncomfortable, because we've internalized them for so long. Mm -hmm. So it almost feels weird to talk about, okay, let's, you know, let's talk about how people of color have been treated in this country. Let's talk about, you know, microaggressions and social injustice. Let's talk about it. It really feels weird at times to do that, because it's a muscle we haven't had to use. Um, And so really, digging into that and leaning into that despite the discomfort, having those conversations with people that look like you and people that don't look like you because it's important to keep this stuff out in the open because in the dark is where it festers and where it grows, mm-hmm. you know and then I also want to charge the church because I feel like if I'm honest, the church is still very divided when it comes to social injustice and it it's not it's important that we become unified if, if God is really going to, you know, impact us situation because my concern is not with everybody I feel like everybody's doing a great job right now as far as coming together and saying okay this isn't right this needs to change but after it's like it's like we're fighting to get from the red back into you know to, to zero to level set but what happens once we're on that even plane you have all these other agendas and all these other ideologies right now that people have that you know, conflict with one another. And so once you get to a level playing field where you you're like, okay, it's agreed, everyone should be treated equal, everyone should be um, treated fairly, okay, then you have all these other ideologies and philosophies that people are, have been pushing. And at the end of the day, if the church does not take a stand, then Christ is going to be left out of the equation. And that's, that's not, true. that's not good. Like, I mean, literally, you go from one end of the spectrum to the other. And so I definitely believe believe the church has to become a united front as well so that we can really carve a path forward. Like what is it gonna look like, you know, um, for God's kingdom to come, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. So all that to say, girl, we're in some interesting times. They're exciting times though. If I'm honest, I'm excited to see, um, you know, God's hand in the earth. I feel like, you know, the earth is like literally groaning and people are, um, being shaken up in so many different ways that it really does force you to kind of figure out, okay, what happens beyond this life and what what is um, bigger or more important than what I see because there is so much more. And I think at the end of the day, God is just trying to get our attention. So yes. interesting times, definitely. All right, girl, you got anything else on the police aspect before we dive into... Politics. wow <laughs> from we we go, it's like you go going from one fire to the other because politics is off the chain too. Off the chain. And I'm so. not big, I'm not big <laughs> either. Like um, you.
0: Um,
1: yeah. And it's sad because I feel like most people of color aren't, if I'm honest. But I think some of that comes from the fact that we didn't necessarily feel like our vote counted. We didn't necessarily feel like our opinion mattered because the machine was so big it's like, okay, how are we going to impact this? But we don't have any choice at this point. We do not have any choice. So yeah, so politics it is. So, all right, let's dive in. Everybody got something to say about this current presidential yes. administration. Everybody does. Do you have any thoughts on our current presidential administration and even how they've handled or not handled some of
0: the things that we're dealing with now, like COVID-19, like social injustice? On well, the To me, the current administration has done a pretty poor job Mm -hmm. at um, addressing the social injustice and at responding to Mm -hmm. COVID-19. Just thinking back when it all first went down with the COVID and how, you know, we were so quick to reopen everything. And I was like, no we're still quarantining <laughs> in this house no that's right that's crazy like why are we reopening like now and uh the mask wearing why wasn't that like mandated it still isn't mandated everywhere like things like that um president trump was late in in uh even making mask wearing important even saying it as a leader out loud and i was like this is craziness like people out here in the grocery stores and without wearing masks and they stand all close to you. (laughs) Like OMG back up, you know, where is your mask? Do you not know what's going on? And like, it's just crazy. Like the numbers are just continuously um, going up and like, just like his lack of compassion that, he has in his last interview that I watched and he was like when the inter the interviewee was like or the interviewer said well what about the numbers and all the people that are losing their loved ones like the numbers and he said it is what it is I was like what (sighs) that is crazy like how can you say that when someone has lost a parent a brother a sister like how can you be so you know, unempathetic, you know, it is what it is. Like somebody has lost their life, you know, Mm -hmm. 170,000 plus people like that's, that's crazy. And it's still not being uh, endorsed to wear your mask. It's Mm -hmm. like not being mandated like other stores and businesses are now making it uh, mandatory for some Places, but still, it's kind of up to the businesses. Yeah. It's not coming down from the top. Yeah, which is crazy to me. Oh my gosh,
1: yeah. I <clears throat> I feel like honestly, I kind of feel like these past three and a half years, I've been in an alternate universe. <laughs> like I mean, I remember the day that I found out that um, that Trump was elected, and I remember waking up the next morning because I didn't stay up to see how the polls were going to pan out and everything. And I remember waking up the next morning and I was like, really? And I was like, well, let me go in my closet and pray. I was just like, let me just go pray. And I mean, I really have been in that state ever since, almost in like shock and unbelief, you know? Um, I will say this, though, I I would not wish this scenario that we're in right now with COVID, you know, even with social injustice on on any leader, because he has had to deal with a lot. And as he's trying to deal with stuff, I have been praying with each uh, press conference, like God, you know, give him strength, give him the words. I know he's dealing with a lot of pressure. But at the same time, there really isn't a lot of emotion. There isn't a lot of empathy. There isn't a lot of compassion. And that was before COVID-19. Honestly, as a matter of fact, before COVID-19, it, it felt like it was more like just, um, you know, judgment and and um, condemnation and just like, you know, talking to people crazy and treating people crazy. And, and I, I, which is why I've really been in a state of disbelief. Like, I, I cannot believe this is happening. Like, and I cannot believe that he has been put in office you know but um yeah it's it's crazy any any world that you're living in where a reality show basically a reality show star slash entrepreneur can you know run (laughs) the United States of America I'm like wow god so uh, yeah, it, it's, it's been very interesting. So I have not had very many expectations, I should say, regarding this administration, uh, just because I don't feel like the person in, in, in leadership is really qualified. But I will say that, um, you know, I'm, I'm still remaining prayerful, because I believe God does do anything. So I'm like, if, if you need to, at our, sadly, if it's at the expense of other people, use it to, to bring bring him to you, then do it, Lord, like whatever it takes, you know, but it's been crazy. It really has been crazy. I mean, and even how the handling of the COVID piece, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, there's been a, a a battle, a tug of war back and forth between, you know, keeping the economy going versus saving people's lives. And sadly, you know, and I, I you know, as an entrepreneur, I, I get the keeping the economy going piece, but at the same time, it should never be at the expense of the consumers, basically. <laughs> the people that, that ultimately are going to pay for the products and services that, you know, you're trying to keep going company-wise. And so it's, it's been a crazy, crazy time as far as that's concerned. So I have not had much faith in this presidential administration, <laughs> um, but they're definitely in my prayers because I would not wish this um you know this type of responsibility on anyone's shoulders and honestly i was praying that same prayer when you know when the obamas were in um in office so yes. yeah it's a position. it really is it really is okay so we're on the brink of you know 2020 presidential elections and you know a potential changing of the guard number one but then also you know um Biden, former VP from the Obama administration, you know, has chosen the one and only Kamala
0: Harris as his VP for the ticket. So, what are your thoughts on that? Um, in general, for this twenty twenty presidential campaign that's mm-hmm. going on right now, mm-hmm. I'm hopeful, but with reservations. And I say that because last time um hillary she had the majority the popular vote mm-hmm. by like three million and mm-hmm. trump still won because of the electoral college yeah and so you know i, I definitely think uh, joe biden's gonna get the popular vote for sure i just mm-hmm. i just really pray that he gets them in the right places yeah uh, so that you know we have a lot of chaos and a lot of division Mm-hmm. going on right now in the country we need someone who's going to unify us mm-hmm. as a country and like get get this chaotic stuff in order yeah. uh, and i think joe biden is the best candidate for that uh, based off of what we have seen president trump do in the last three and a half years or almost yeah. four years yeah um, so i am Hopeful, but with reservations because I didn't think people were going to vote for Trump. With all that stuff that was coming out, I was like, no, not- certainly not. He's not going to. We had women voting for him, and I was like, this is craziness. But you know, keep in mind,
1: you're coming off of a double term with the African American president. So in my mind, I have to remind myself first, for some people, especially for conservatives, that was like the complete opposite end of the spectrum. So they was like, we gotta tip the balance all the way back. Even if we gotta put a crazy person in office, like it's like all the way, like we have to take
0: extreme measures. And in this case, I do believe it was extreme, but yeah. yeah. Now we're paying for it. Like nah. look what's happening. Look yeah. at how it's leading us through this pandemic. Like yeah, yeah. This, this is what's happening. This is yeah. the man. You all put in office. <laughs> yeah. So what do you what do you think about there being this
1: being the first African American woman on, oh, no. on the ticket, on a primary
0: ticket? I am so excited and, and proud of her mm-hmm. um being the first African African American and Asian American mm-hmm. um, woman on a major party ticket. Like this mm-hmm. is it's huge. It is and I'm excited because you know my daughters are growing up to witness this, and mm-hmm. um, you know when you ask them like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" Like the yep. possibilities are truly endless. Like, yeah, as me as a kid, I would have never thought like, "Hey, I want to be a vice president. I want to be president." Mm-hmm. Like that that would never cross my mind. But mm-hmm. like for them, you know, it's a possibility. It is. It is. So I'm excited to see how everything um, turns out.
1: Yeah, super excited for her and super proud, like to see someone that looks like me won the ticket. You know, of course, there are there's a lot of you know conversation about what does she stand for, what are her motives. And then of course, too, on the other end, there's a lot of conversation about, you know. Did Biden just pick a black woman because he, you know, wants as much support behind him as possible, you know? And then even the fact of like Biden himself as a as a candidate, like, you know, are people really confident in him as a candidate, or does he need someone like Kamala to come alongside and energize his campaign? You know, um, I say yes to all of that, <laughs> um, but it does make me um, wonder what true motives are because I'm like, you know, you. I, of course, everybody is in this in this trying to create momentum to get Trump out of office, which I'm like, okay, I get that. I understand that. But I want to make sure that they're aligned too. And that it's not just a, you know, perception type thing as well, you know, um, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see her on that ticket. So, yes.
0: hey. Me um. too. I, I really do um, want them to win. But like I said, I have reservations about how, as far as making my prediction mm-hmm. of who will actually win, because I predicted that Hillary was going to win. And she did not win, mm-hmm. and I was just like, in you know, in shock, like watching it that night, watching yeah. the, the you know how they highlight the states mm-hmm. blue yeah. and red, and I was in shock. I was like, oh my goodness, he's about to really win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it happened. So wow. Okay. Um, uh, so
1: I know you already alluded to this. So who who do you think is gonna win? Do you have a prediction? And you can say who you want, but also who
0: you think is gonna win, just
1: the reality of it.
0: So um, it's really hard to predict who's gonna win because like I said, like Trump has some supporters, like a lot of people are not open to like say that they support him, they like, but he has a lot of secret supporters, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me. The male and um,
1: ballot supporters,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I don't see a lot of posts like on social media in support of him, mm-hmm. but he still has some supporters out there. Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> so. I mean, I definitely feel like Biden will definitely Biden and Harris will get the popular vote. Mm-hmm. I just pray that they get them in the right places mm-hmm. uh, for the electoral college. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't want to make a prediction. Yeah. Who, do you, who do you predict? Will win? Well,
1: let me be clear. I don't, I don't think that anybody, any one party is the end all be all solution, you know, because everybody, you know, I I think both sides have different policies and and, um, beliefs and opinions that I agree and disagree with. So I don't necessarily feel like Biden is the solution to Trump. I don't necessarily feel like Trump is the, you know, the solution to, for our country either. Uh, But I will say that I, I think it would be great to have a changing of the guard. I think it would be great to see a new administration in the office to see what they can do and to see if they can kind of get us back on the right track. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if they will, honestly, but I think it would be great to see (laughs) because I don't wanna continue to go in the direction that we're going in now, I really don't. I will say this though, um, and this is a running joke that I have had probably for the past year or so. I really feel like, you know, for all my, um, you know, Marvel comic people, I do feel like if Trump were Thanos, that (laughs) this is uh, Avengers Infinity War, not Endgame, Infinity (laughs) War, where he could potentially snap his fingers and we'd be in another four years. That's, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Because I feel like everybody came out the woodwork initially, like, I'm going against Trump, and I'm going against Trump, and I'm going against Trump, like the Avengers. And then, you know, we got it down to, you know, Biden and Kamala. And, you know, we'll see what they can do. But I feel like he got four rings and about to get that fifth one and be like, that was cute. But I'm about to do another four years. We'll see. We'll see. But all that to say... (laughs)
0: Possibility, <laughs> I'm, just it is. I'm just saying. I pray that's not the case, but I would but, I would not it, be surprised. It took all the Avengers. <laughs> it's <to> still taking <laughs> all the Avengers. Yeah. So yeah. Did you watch the Democratic Convention, National Convention this watched, week? <laughs> yeah, I
1: watched portions of it. I did not watch all of it, but I did watch watch
0: portions of it. Listen, they were pulling all of them. President Barack. Oh yeah, <laughs> Michelle. Oh yeah. They were pulling Republicans <laughs> to come and speak at the de- Democratic convention. Well, okay. amen. Okay, so <laughs> no, they were pulling their people, and then pulling up uh, Trump supporters. Um, yes, this um, this wo- this woman was telling everyone her story about her her dad that passed away from COVID and um, how he was an avid Trump supporter hmm. and when Trump you know was saying oh you know go back out it's fine yada yeah, yada yeah, yeah so he went out to a karaoke bar one weekend with his friends and um Five days later, um, you know, he passed away from COVID. Like, he was on a ventilator and everything. And she said the only pre-existing condition was believing Trump, supporting oh, Trump. Oh, God. I said, no. Oh, God. Well, honestly, I, I mean, you can say the same
1: thing about Herman Kane. I mean, his number one Black Trump supporter is, you know, rest in peace now because he want to go to a rally and support. Now, I will say this. I don't blame Trump for that. I blame the people that went out for that. Because at the end of the day, I'm not going to put somebody else's opinion over my own common sense. I'm going to need you to have common sense. I'm going to need you to have common sense. Like, for real. I'm just saying, and I'm not saying anyone deserves to get sick, anyone deserves to lose their life over this. But I am saying, in this day and age, you cannot trust anyone else's opinion anyone else's words you have to stand on your own two feet and decide okay what is best for me what is best for my household like for real because when georgia was opening up stuff right and left like you said we was like well as for me and my house we're gonna be be quarantined we're gonna be quarantined like for real for real, because you, don't you order mean- groceries to the house. Exactly.
0: Not you, can.
1: <laughs> you cannot trust anyone else's opinion. You got to decide for you, like what is best for you. You know, and that's on so many different levels. I could go in multiple <laughs> directions with that, but that's sad. That's really sad.
0: Yes. Oh Lord! Wow. I just thought about that when you were talking about the Avengers. I'm like, well, yeah, we're doing all the Avengers at the <laughs> Democratic <laughs> National Convention this week. Uh, I hope, I hope. I hope they can pull them rings off before
1: he snapped them fingers. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. So yeah. So I would say this. If let's say in a you know, and I won't even say in a perfect world, but you know, if things, if things were to change Biden and Biden Harris did win, how do you think the country would change? Like do you think because I feel like this is a big shift. Can we, can, we, can we see enough change in four years or eight years? Like, what, what do you think will change, you know, if they were to get into office?
0: Well, uh, I think the first thing that they would need to focus on is, you know, COVID. And, Absolutely. you know, let's put some mandates and then we probably need to shut down again, uh, yeah. probably longer than two weeks. Like yeah. some of the other countries that shut down early mm-hmm. on, like yeah. they've got their numbers like super, super low. Oh yeah. But Ooh. um us over here, you know, <laughs> partying, going to barbecues, packed beaches and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Like you you need somebody to tell you, yeah, no yeah stay home. just like just stay home like I think that's crazy but I definitely think that will probably be their number one focus um I'm not sure how they're going to go about doing that but I would probably start with like hey let's mandate some masks everywhere out in public hey let's let's shut down for four weeks or <laughs> something <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like that's- we've got to start with um, getting the COVID stuff under control is number one. Gotcha. Okay.
1: So hopefully they will take some drastic matters as a some drastic steps, I should say, towards uh, addressing COVID, which is priority number one, honestly. And honestly, that can't, I mean, that has happened in order for us to really get our economy back on track. I mean, right. and I know, you know, the flip end of that, of course, businesses being closed and people needing assistance right now with, um, you know, just financial assistance, period. If they're out of work, I, I totally, Totally get that and understand that, you know. So I know Kamala was, you know, she had some things where she wanted to try to get, um, you know, more um, assistance out there, financial assistance, which I think is great as far as the intention behind it. But then also too, we are like trillions of dollars in debt, so. Really, I think there needs to be a plan for that too, for getting us out of debt. You know, so figuring all those out because it's like it, it can't be a one or the other; it has to be a both and. It really does. So right, it's, it's 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 interesting. We'll we'll see. Like and and on the subject of COVID, like when do you think? Well, first of all, do you think things will get back to some semblance of normal, or or like how long do you think it will take for people to really feel comfortable? If we, you know, take the necessary steps, how long do you think it'll take for people to like
0: get back out there? Well, I definitely think it's gonna take a minute. <laughs> yeah. I really don't think things are gonna go back to full like pre-COVID normal yeah. until maybe summer twenty twenty-one. Gotcha. So that's with fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Um I think with like flu season getting ready to
1: yeah. kick off
0: um soon yeah numbers are about to increase again and then with some people um we're opening schools in some places and face to face so I definitely think um even if children are not getting as sick they're able to still be as systematic and pass it to you know their parents or grandparents at home so I definitely think um it's going to be a while because they're still working on the vaccine yeah so I don't know when it's going to get back to normal and what is normal going to look like um I don't even know if it's ever going to be fully like normal pre-COVID. yeah, yeah. I, think it's, I think the world has kind of changed for it is.
1: yeah <laughs> And a lot of people, I mean, and in some cases, you know, shifts have taken place where, I mean, companies have had to, you know, change midstream and figure certain things out. And in a lot of cases, I think it's worked to their benefit because it's caused them to be more flexible, you know, more agile, which I think is great. Um, But in some cases where things are working they may not go back, you know, I mean, I know some companies are like, just stay home, you know, if, you, if you're if you able to get as much, if not more done working from home, then, you know, stay home, you know, I don't know how the school system is, you know, going to be impacted, because you've got just different social aspects to take in place, you know, where making sure every kid has um, access to a laptop, to internet, you know, that they have parents that are able to help them, you know, that aren't, um, um, you know essential workers working multiple jobs just trying to keep a roof over the head you know that they have food in their house you know there are so many other dynamics that come into play when it comes to our children so I know there's a lot still being worked out there but I do believe that there are some things you know just having you know certain things delivered to your home on a regular basis versus you having to go out and get it some of those things may not ever change you know just because of the convenience aspect behind it you know that's true. You know so it, it it really depends i don't i don't think though that we will ever get back to 100 how we were before covid um but i am hoping that we'll be able to um you know reconvene in like more group settings you know soon because zoom is great but i'm a hugger i love hugging people i love being in the same space with them and sensing that energy you know i love gathering and spending time with people you know so those are things that I definitely definitely miss and you know want to get back to I love going to concerts I love going dancing I love you know like those are things that I'm like gosh you know I would want there to be some some restoration of that in the near future so we'll see you know I'm hoping and praying but I mean, I don't think it's going to be spring of next year because even if we do have a vaccine, I think people are still going to be like there's still going to be a large group of people saying, "Hmm, let me see how this goes. Let me see how this works, you know, um before I get it, you know, or before I allow my children to get it or what have you." And so, honestly, I think tomorrow, I mean, tomorrow, next year maybe a time of trial and error, if you will, and trying to see what works and what doesn't work. And then I think we'll probably get some stability, some real stability probably in 2022. I hate to say that, but we'll see, we'll see. But let me ask this before we close
0: out, what do you hope doesn't change? Well, I do like the fact that because of the pandemic, I've been able to spend more time with my family that has been um truly enjoyable like Mm -hmm. going outside and planting flowers with them and just like you know just spending more time with my children outside Mm -hmm. has been nice like going on more walks Mm -hmm. than we we were before and just I've been able to catch up with old friends that i hadn't talked to in forever and so i i hope those things stay the same the connections that you know we were able to reconnect with certain friends and even family members I, i hope those things will stay yeah, absolutely. And that is, that's is—that's funny
1: that you mentioned that because, you know, it's amazing how stuff like this will cause you to reconnect with people, um, you know, and, and I mean, we were just on a, a Zoom call with family before celebrating some birthdays and we were like, why didn't we think about doing this before with, you know, with family that is not in the same city, like, you know, even when we were gathering for birthday celebrations or what have you, you know, so it really does kind of um, has helped um, us to become more intentional about um, spending time with family and friends and celebrating them and treasuring them, acknowledging them, loving on them, checking in with them, you know. Um, But I would say I have really enjoyed this pace of life. Like for me, um, I've I've always been an advocate for working from home. I worked from home for years before Um, my current, before getting into the current role that I'm in. So that wasn't a big adjustment for me, but I have appreciated just the extra time that I get back from having to not do that commute. And it's really helped me to hone in on a lot of personal development stuff. I've been getting a lot of writing done. We've been able to promote our business and meet with clients and really just, you know, focus on other things that we wouldn't normally have time to do, you know, like we were talking about the gardening and exercise and I'm able to get out there more and, you know, get my steps in and, you know, just enjoy the outdoors more Um, because I really feel like I've gotten back about three to four hours of my day because I'm not trying to, you know, sit in traffic or get to and from and figure out this and figure out that. Like I can literally log off when I'm done and move into my next thing instead of having to, physically transition to wherever that is. And so uh, for me, I really hope that that um, that opportunity to, to hone in on and, and be intentional about developing the other areas of my life, I hope that doesn't change. And honestly, it just boils down to me being consistent and committed to that, you know, um, same with, you know, with families. I know a lot of families have had an opportunity to, you know, sit at the table and eat meals and, you know, really see how one another is doing instead of just being caught in the hustle and bustle. Like, I pray that we really protect that because it's so important. And, um, you know, although things may not be as um, slow, if you will, or, or, or um, you know, calm or chill or what have you as they have been over these past summer months i pray that we would you know still guard and find pockets of time to get that in because it's so so important yeah so all right so you ready to move into noble character acknowledging yes okay
0: for our audience if you know the woman that you want to recognize it could be Mm -hmm. a a neighbor a family Someone that's out there in the community um, showing positive uh, characteristics, being a great role model, then please go to our website and submit their name as a noble character submission. You'll you'll simply go to becomingeva.today.com and click on the tab called noble submission and fill in the um, the information. Yeah. So my- do you have a noble character that you would like to recognize today? I do,
1: I do. Um, I think the person that I'm going to acknowledge is, because I was really trying to think about like, you know, people that have in the midst of everything going on this summer have really focused on trying to equip and encourage and strengthen people in the midst of everything that's going on. And so, um First, I was thinking of like, more of like a societal figure or what have you, but I'm gonna go with someone that hits a little closer to home because they've definitely helped me um, navigate these summer months. Um, It's a good friend and actually a Spelman sister of mine, Kia Stevens. She is also um, founder of the organization Entrusted Women. And she actually hosted a virtual conference this summer back in June, and it was amazing like amazing and I don't just say that because she's my friend or I know her and have experienced this kind of evolution, if you will, but I say it was amazing because she had to decide right when COVID was um, really, you know, ramping up and people were, you know, being sent home and businesses were shutting down she had to decide whether she was going to move forward with this event in the midst of everything that was going on and she was like all right I'm going to do it but we're going online we're moving everything online and I'm so glad that she moved forward with it because I feel like in a lot of cases people were kind of waiting to see what would happen instead of really using it as an opportunity to move forward. And she took it as an opportunity to move forward. And the event itself was an opportunity on showing women in particular, women of color in particular, Christian women of color in particular, how to move forward during this time of uncertainty. And it was amazing. We got some incredible, incredible insight on how to build your brand, you know, how to, you know, attract people to um, to your voice. How to share your voice and and share with other people, and really be a source of encouragement during this time. And just the tools and resources that were given during that time were incredible. So I really, really appreciated that time because I felt like it kind of fueled me forward to not just sit on my hands during this time and see what was going to happen, but to really be like, let me use this as an opportunity to, to take some steps and to move forward in what I feel like God is calling me to do. So I give a shout out to my friend, to my Spelman sister, Kia Stevens. You are a woman of noble character. Yeah,
0: awesome. I hear so much wonderful stuff about her, and I see your posts on Facebook. so congratulations. um for me, um, based off of our conversation today, I've been seeing a ton of derogatory posts mm. about Miss Kamala Harris mm. and It's about her sexuality and just Mm -hmm. a lot of like horrible things that people are posting Mm -hmm. about her. And it's very disheartening to see and read and hear. Um, Amazon is is selling a shirt Um, that's pretty derogatory. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, it. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's so childish of people. And I just, when I'm reading these things, I'm like, I feel like I'm back in high school like why are we not adults (laughs) like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I don't see any evidence about any of these crazy things that they're putting out there which is one of the reasons why I I don't like politics Mm -hmm. um because it just gets so personal and when we're name calling and and things it's like you're losing sight of the purpose of politics like why are we like not Uplifting them and like just being mean, Mm -hmm. period. And so today I wanted to acknowledge Kamala Harris. There you go. uh, Because she is the Democratic vice president nominee for the election. And not only is she a politician, but she's also a lawyer. Mm -hmm. She serves on the junior United States senator for california and she has supported the health care reform and the dream act and she's the first african-american and asian-american to be on a major party ticket and i'm super proud of her and in spite of all the negative things that i keep seeing about her um i just wanted to acknowledge her because it's a big deal that she is out there
1: Yeah. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you selected her because honestly, I was going back and forth between her and Kia. I was like, and and I was like, I want to choose Kia, but I hope that LaToya chooses Kamala because this is an incredible milestone that we need to highlight. Like we really need to highlight. She has accomplished a tremendous amount in a very short amount of time. And so I'm very, very grateful um, for her to be our um, democratic vice president presidential um, nominee i'm really really grateful for her and I, i mean i agree i mean definitely but you know like you said that's the nature of politics people slinging mud you know and people people focusing on attacking the character um of the person that they're going against rather than highlighting their own integrity you know That's really what politics should be about. I hate when people tell me why I shouldn't vote for somebody else instead of telling me why I should vote for you. Because really, that's what I need to know. I really need to know why you're qualified. I really need to know why you're important. You know, and so I'm really, really um, grateful for her stepping up in the midst of all of that, you know, I pray that she is um, encouraged and fortified in the midst of all of this mess, you know, which honestly is nothing new for her. She's been dealing with it before, you know, she's dealing with it again. And um, I I just hope she's up for the battle, for for the long run, you know, so I'm glad that you shouted her out. We definitely support her. We definitely are excited about her um in this in this campaign and you know look forward to seeing what what god has for her so for real good stuff
0: so you want to tell them about the becoming eva challenge for this week
1: i will i will we actually kind of touched on it a little bit earlier but i i want to challenge each and every person regardless of what kind of year 2020 has been for you i've seen Memes and posts where people are like, you know, take me back to 2019 or fast forward to 2021. But I genuinely believe for every person, whether this has been your best year or your worst year, that there is something that God wants you to get right now in this moment, you know. And so, um, my BE um challenge or our BE challenge is for you to find one thing, it could be a habit or it could be a perspective or a mindset shift. That has happened during 2020 that you want to carry forward into the future you know um whatever it is and i want you to highlight it i want you to post it you can tag us um at becoming eva we're at um, becoming eva today on um facebook and um well becoming Eva one word on facebook we're at becoming eva today on um twitter and instagram but post it, share it, because I don't want anyone to feel like this time that we're in is a waste of time. God doesn't waste anything. So highlight what it is that you want to carry forward. If it's um, a habit or a mindset or a perspective, whatever it is you want to carry forward. That is our BE challenge for this week.
0: Yes. And next week, we're going to be discussing how to quarantine proof your relationships with special guests, Dr. Cassandra Buller. Okay, she's coming back. Yes. I don't know if you guys remember her from the first season, but she dropped so many gems and nuggets. And I'm sure she's going to be giving us lots of advice next week. So you don't want to miss it. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on the podcast app. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook at Becoming Eva. That's one word. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Becoming Eva Today. And that's all. We'll see you soon. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Click subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast. Check us out at BecomingEvaToday.com or email us at BecomingEvaToday.com. See you next time.